Hey everyone, it's Elsie from Chit Chat with E. Thank you so much for all of the support. Because of you, this is my 50th episode. And I am so excited to say that you guys have really helped me out a lot with the feedback and all of the support that I have been receiving. Also, please don't forget to subscribe and share and like and tell your friends. And, you know, DM me on Chit Chat With E so we can uh, talk about conversations, future conversations. And um, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you again. And let's chit chat. With Christmas just passing and all of the hoorah about all of the traditions and all the stuff which was really great and fabulous i just love christmas christmas is a big tradition in my home my mom and i we love to decorate we love to spread the love and we're just you know so into it uh unfortunately this year uh, my dad was sick and you know they're doing some construction in the home so we didn't really get to uh spiff it out like we usually do but you know we still you know put in the hot chocolate. I also brought it to work. I brought all the fabulous um, love for work. I just feel bad that my daughter didn't get the whole um, thing that she usually gets. And we went to see some lights in the neighborhood and they were pretty nice. You know, I took my dad along after I picked him up from the hospital. <laughs> but yeah, he was like, what is going on? We're going to go see lights, dad. <laughs> he was like, okay, um, all right. I just came out out of the emergency room, but okay. So we did that. We didn't do Christmas caroling this year because Skylar and I had started this tradition for the past two years and we would, we would go with love with, you know, reindeers and everything. But it was so cold this year, so it kind of put a drab on our Christmas caroling. We were, I was looking forward to that. I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to do that. But, um, but you know, we saw Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2. So, you know, we, we had a good time doing that. But, you know, it could have been better this year, I just have to say. I never ever uh, lied to my daughter about Santa Claus. You know, um, she kind of figured things out on her own. But she always knew about the Christmas spirit. And because of blessings and the decor we kept in the home, and my mom and I, like I said, were big on it, and spreading the love and the traditions and all that stuff, that was always what I taught my daughter. And she she always knew. So this year, she's like, Mama, I don't want anything. Even though I still bought her a little gift, I'm just saying her birthday's a big deal, but like, Christmas, she's like, Mom, it's okay. You know, my, my birthday was just last month. So she's, my daughter is not one of those kids that's like, Mom, I need this and I should have it. She never really learned that. She, she just likes to go to great restaurants. That I can tell you. She likes to go to fancy restaurants and all that stuff. And that's okay. That's a thing. So yeah, so we enjoy doing that. But I just want to tell you, I never really told my daughter about Santa Claus. Like, I, I, like, I didn't tell her a lie about Santa Claus. I always told her about the spirit of Santa Claus. And she knew about the myth and everything. And I always made sure that, that's, that she understood that's where it all came from. Let me tell you a little bit about the myth because I got this on the history.com. Uh, and it says Santa Claus, otherwise known as St. Nicholas or Kris Kringle, has a long history steep in Christmas traditions. Today he's thought of mainly as a jolly man in red who brings toys to good girls and boys on Christmas Eve. But his story stretches all the way back to the 3rd century when St. Nicholas walked the earth and became the patron saint of children. And you can find out more about the history on history.com. But the legend of St. Nicholas, the real Santa Claus, um, can, can be traced back hundreds of years to a monk named St. Nicholas. 
It is believed that Nicholas was born sometimes around AD 280 in Patara near Myra in modern-day Turkey. Much admired for his piety and kindness, St. Nicholas became the subject of many legends. It is said that he gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled the countryside helping the poor and sick. One of the best-known St. Nicholas stories is the time he saved three poor sisters from being sold into slavery or prostitution by their father by providing them with a dowry so they could be married. So sad how those days were. Jesus. Over the course of many years, Nicholas' popularity spread and he became known as the protector of children and sailors. His feast day is celebrated on the anniversary of his death, December 6th. When the renovation of saints began to be discouraged, St. Nicholas maintained a positive reputation, especially in Holland. So this, this tradition has traveled the world. St. Nicholas made his first inroads into American popular culture towards the end of the 18th century in December 1773 and again in 1774, where a New York newspaper reported that groups of Dutch families had gathered to honor the anniversary of his death. And then, you know, they changed his name. They started making all these other names, Santa Claus, St. Nick, and all these things. And, you know, the tradition just spread from another country to New York and to around the America. Isn't that beautiful? What I like about this is that the world celebrates this together. It doesn't matter in what form. Everybody has their own myth about Santa Claus. And he travels the world. And, you know, that's how, it, that's how it's said in this, in this myth. So I, that's the reason I like, I like this. I like the whole story. I like the whole idea. So you don't have to tell your kids there's not a Santa Claus. That, that, because a Santa Claus did exist. A person did exist. You know what I mean? And the same thing like a celebrity, like Marilyn Monroe or Elvis Presley, when they die, their spirit exists, is the same thing about Santa Claus. So that's what I taught my daughter. I taught her about the traditions that go around the world. Of course, I also taught her about the three kings that came to Puerto Rico and gave gifts and things like that when, you know, Jesus was born. Yes, I teach about all of these things. And, you know, because of that, she has the spirit of Christmas and, you know, she's um, grateful and she's love and she spreads love. So that I, I'm so happy that I actually taught her this tradition. And for those of you that say, oh, St. Nicholas, you know, some people get, oh, it's so um, everything's commercialized and all this stuff. You can actually do different things. Like I said, you know, create your own traditions and stick to them. In reality, we give our kids things all year long. So just wanted to say that. So the other day, I was parked in the parking lot of the supermarket. I had just came from work, and I was looking for, um, I think, a receipt or something like that. And I was sitting in my car, and then I see this guy, like, he's next to me. Like, he was parked close to my car, and he's like, Ay, Dios mio. Like, he's looking in his car. And apparently, he had locked his key in the car. So, you know, I'm like sitting there for a little bit. I felt bad. And then I said, you know, I'm going to Google to see how we can take it out. Even though I know there's a way that I do it, but I wanted to see if there was a different way. There was also a sweet couple helping him. They had like a way of, of opening the lock, but their way was kind of weird. I was like, wow, that's going to really mess up his, uh, his lock because they had, uh, what they did was they had a fork and with the fork, they bent the corners of the fork and they were jamming into the lock. 
And I was like, oh, my God, they're really going to ruin his lock. It's going to cost more money. He might as well. <laughs> he might as well freaking break the window. So I was like, oh, my God, is that a, I mean, I wanted to learn. I was like, oh, is that a new way that you can do it? I mean, does it damage the lock? And they're like, no, there's a way you do it. So I'm like, oh, God. So they kept doing that. So I, I Googled and I said, but look, this is another way. There's other ways. And I go, I, I didn't see that way in here. But let me, you know, let me try. Um, let me let me look into my car. They, and I told them, do you guys have a gancho? And, you know, a gancho is um, in Spanish, it's hanger. But they had a, they were saying like a different name. And I'm going to insert that into this conversation. Um, they were like, you know, saying a different name. They said, oh, we're going to go home and get him one. They were so sweet. They lived nearby, I guess. So they went to go get him the gancho, the hanger. And in the meantime, I said, listen, I'm going to look in my car to see if I find a rope. Because usually I have a rope for my dog. Because sometimes if I don't find her leash in the car to tie her up in the car, I will use this rope that I have that I got from like a box. And I really like that rope. Anyway, so I went and I found the rope. I said, use this. Maybe this will help you. And um, he started opening. He said, yeah, it's, it's, it was pushing. It was pulling open the window. So all he needed was the hanger. So then they appeared with the hanger. And um, they, I, they, you know, they made it like a hook or whatever. And he started doing it. And I said, you know, I'm going to move my car because they were like pulling it really hard. And I'm like, they were like pulling the door really hard. And I felt like the freaking, <laughs> the window was going to pop and all that glass was going to pop everywhere. So I was like, I'm going to move my car. I'm going to go inside to shop and, I, and, you know, good luck. So then when I went inside, um, I went inside and coming on my, on my way out, I saw the guy coming in and I was like, oh, you got your key? He goes, yes, I, I got it. So he didn't say thank you. I, I was at first. I was like, okay, whatever. But I really wanted my rope back because I'm like, you know what? That was a lifesaver, I bet you. And I want my rope back. So then I went back and uh, so then I told him, listen, can I have my, my rope? I waited for him. I said, can I have my rope? And he said, oh, yeah, of course. He goes, thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful. This was what saved the day. This rope helping me open the window and everything. So just to say, you know, I would be honest with you. I'm going to tell you a story about freaking locking my key in the car. You know, I am one that has done it several times. And it has become the worst experience of my life. So this is why I no longer have a remote key. Now I just have the regular key. And yes, yes, <laughs> when I open the door, the alarm goes off and I don't care. I don't care what time is it or whatever. And, you know, I do it real quick. But I'm just saying, I'd rather have that then leave my key in the car. Because what happens is when you have a remote key and if you leave the key in the car, because it's remote, the car the car locks on you. And every time the, you look inside, your key's right there and you're like a freaking dummy looking into your window. So, you know, I had insurance and I'm not going to mention the insurance name because I was upset with them, but I had insurance and the insurance, what they used to do is they told me that I had unlimited. I spoke to a rep one time. She was, oh, you know, you have roadside assistance. You have unlimited, you know, whatever. So I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't know that when I called them to come on to take my key out of the car, and which in which case the the mechanics when they come, they have like a um, like um almost like a blood pressure thing. It's like a big bubble. It and it and it blows up. It opens the window, and then they have they also have a uh, uh, like a hanger. But it's like a straight, it's a, it's a more thicker hanger and it's straight and they just open the lock like that. And, you know, $500 later, that's, you know, that's, that's the remedy of getting a key out of the car. So 
I, I, you know, I always knew that because I used to do it with my handgun. I said, wow, you guys have the tools and I think it's illegal to have that, but whatever. So they have the tools because they have the license. And what happened was I was calling them a few times and because I was calling them, that's considered a claim. Now, mind you, I don't know anything about insurance because well, I didn't know anything about insurance because I never really got into an accident. I've been driving since I was 17 years old. So I didn't have to worry about none of this stuff. However, when I got into an accident, that's when the real question came along. And guess what happened? Yep, that's exactly what happened. They started saying, oh, that's a claim. You're a liability. My insurance went up. It was horrible, horrible. So, you know, so I suggest AAA. And I'm, they're not my sponsors. I'm, I don't sponsor them. They don't sponsor me. I suggest getting AAA if you need any emergency. And do not put that roadside assistance on your um, insurance that you pay for a little extra for. Because, it, you know, you like I said, insurance, yeah, they're great and everything. But when it comes down to um, certain things, you got to really, really read the fine print. Because, yes, once you lose your key, they have to program it. It's $350 later just for the key. And on top of that, you have to go in person to pick up the key from the dealership because they don't do anything over the phone because all you need is the code when, you, when you're calling over the phone. And they won't do that. So, yeah, they want you to come in and pay a couple of hundred dollars just to do that. It's a, it's a, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. So, yeah, that's why I no longer have a remote key and um i've been happy ever since this is why my cousin calls me the Puerto Rican lucille ball because there's never there's never a dull moment in my life and i'm always going through these lucille ball moments and um even though this wasn't really part of my thing but you know i'm always trying to help somebody and you know i've ha people have given me help in the past as well so i it's always going to be you know you pay it forward the rope helped him however guess what happened that fork thing that they made it damaged the key area and he could no longer use his key. Now he has to use the remote. So what are the odds, right? I, I just knew. I just knew that that thing wasn't going to work. El Colgadero. That's what they were calling the hangar. All right, let's talk about this. What's the difference between a physical and an emotional affair? I got this from Cosmopolitan, and I haven't read Cosmopolitan in such a long time since the prices went up, and I like to have a physical magazine in my hand. Unfortunately, because they're like, so many magazines are like $15.99, $12.99, I'm like, I'm over it. I'm like, I'm not even going to buy this anymore because it's beyond my budget. So I got this um, from uh, the sex and relationship section, and it says, PSA, emotional cheating can be just as painful as physical cheating. Here's why. Just because it didn't happen between the sheets doesn't mean it's NBD. And this was written by Rachel Ravenna. You know, it says being in a relationship is cute and all. And cheating does suck. I, I, I agree with a lot that the um, article says. And it says here, emotional intimacy entails developing a deeper level of vulnerability with another, says Rachel Hoffman, PhD, LCSW, the chief clinical officer of the mental wellness platform, Real. It, it requires mutually sharing personal information, stories, and feelings. Sounds like MBD, right? The issue is that instead of having deep, soulful combos with their partners, people engage in emotional affairs, are seeking advice or connection with someone outside of the relationship and without the consent of their significant other. This happened to this guy the other day, the guy from um, 
what's his name? Alan Devine. Oh, it's Adam Levine. <laughs> and then Adam Devine's like, oh, that's not me. <laughs> Multiple women came forward claiming that he had inappropriate relationships with them. He said, I use poor judgment in speaking with anyone other than my wife in any kind of flirtatious manner. The Maroon 5 frontman said in a statement in September. I did not have an affair. Nevertheless, I crossed the line during a regrettable period of my life. In certain instances, it became inappropriate. I have addressed that and taken prerogative steps to remedy with my family. That means he was on DM, DMing girls, and um, a bunch of girls came forward saying, yeah, I spoke to him. You know, ah, how are you going to do that? You think that, you know, nobody's going to know about it? Anyway, going back to emotion, that is considered emotional cheating, and this is why it became a scandal, you know, because he was DMing girls. They were probably doing sex changing things and things like that. And, you know, with a beautiful wife at home, with a beautiful wife at home, he was doing all of this. And a lot of girls came forward saying, yeah, he was DMing me too, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. So, yeah, Adam, it, it goes to show that it doesn't matter how famous you think you are, you're DMing strangers, and what do you think is going to happen? So, yeah, and his wife is absolutely gorgeous. So it doesn't matter how pretty you are either, you know, the cheating can go on. And it goes both ways, men and women. So, yeah, so that's considered emotional um, cheating because he was having conversations. It could probably be worse than physical cheating because sometimes physical cheating, it's like a one-night stand kind of thing. Emotional cheating, if it goes on long enough, it can be very connective and... It doesn't take sex to connect with someone. If you connect with someone and you have a vibe with them and you're really getting really deep into conversations and all stuff like that, that is an emotional cheating um, thing. And that's probably worse than, than having a physical one. So you know Jamie Lee Curtis, you know she's my girl. <laughs> she's the celebrity from Halloween. You guys know her and Freaky Friday. Well, is it Freaky Friday? I think it's Freaky Friday. Yeah, I think, I think it's Freaky Friday. Anyway, my daughter and I love that movie. So she got this from Bustle.com. The conversation about Nepo babies has reached a fever pitch in the wake of a recent New York Magazine cover about children of Hollywood stars who have made names for themselves. And two-time Golden Globe winner Jamie Lee Curtis joined the fray with an impassioned Instagram message about her own experience and calling herself an OG Nepo baby. She took on the discourse and defended their right to exist. Oh, shit. <laughs> her parents were Tony Curtis and Janet Leigh. They were both Golden Globe winners themselves. And Okay, look what she wrote on her Instagram. I have been a professional actress since I was 19 years old. So that makes me an OG Nepo baby. The current conversation about Nepo babies is just designed to try to diminish and denigrate and hurt. For the record, I have navigated 44 years with the advantage my associated and reflective fame brought me. I don't pretend there aren't any. They try to tell me that I have no value on my own. It's curious how we immediately make assumptions and snide remarks that someone related to someone else who is famous in their field for their art would somehow have no talent whatsoever. I have come to learn that in that is simply not true. I have suited up and shown up for all different kinds of work with thousands of people and every day I try to bring integrity and professionalism and love and community and art to my work. I am not alone. There are many of us dedicated to our craft, 
proud of our lineage, strong in our belief and our right to exist. So in these difficult days of so many rage in the world, can we just try to find that quiet voice that the brilliant movie, everything, everywhere, all at once reminds us? And as my friend Rob Reynolds reminds us, note to self, be kind, be kind, be kind. I love, let me tell you, she's, it's true. Like what the hell? Some people just follow their parents' footsteps. And there's nothing what I they saying, you know, that it comes with privilege. Everything comes with a privilege if your parents are professionals. You're always gonna have some kind of privilege. Whether it's a connection, your mom's a nurse, there's a connection in the hospital, she could get you a job, you're gonna get that job. She had that influence by her parents, because they're both movie stars. That's how it goes sometimes. You know, sometimes your mom's a doctor and you become a doctor too, or you become a me in the medical field. Sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Fortunately for her, she got into the business herself. A lot of actors, sometimes they don't want their kids to get into the business. It's just the way it is, guys. I mean, I don't know how people get upset about it. So she, yeah, she's a Nepo baby, and she's saying there's no need to, you know, downgrade her because she did even though she got in that way you still have to continue being in that way that's what people don't get once you have the job and if you have connections why aren't you going to use your connections you still have to be successful in that job any job that you take any connection that you got into that job that's what i'm trying to say so yeah she has every right to defend herself and her, you know she's a nipple baby <laughs> and jamie's funny I, I wish I could meet her. I wish she was my friend. She's funny. <laughs> what they're trying to say is that not many are getting, you know, a lot of people want to be actors and they're not getting the um, opportunities because the people coming in, are, you know, whatever. But listen, listen, listen. I understand this completely and I think about it too because I'm like, my daughter wants to be a voiceover artist. And I'm like, but these celebrities are like taking over all of the voiceover jobs. You know what I mean? But then I said to myself, wait a minute. This world has room for my daughter to be a voiceover artist. And she will make it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to think about, oh my God, the celebrity over there got my daughter's job. No. No, 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 no. I am going to say, keep going, keep pushing, keep trying. Recently, I saw Viola Davis. And you guys know I love Viola Davis. And she spoke about how you need to ask for what you deserve. She spoke about Shonda Rhimes what, and what she said during the Norman Lear Award. And she said she started her speech by saying the most powerful words. She said, I am very happy to receive this award because I deserve it. And then she went into the, you know, saying that's the mindset that we need to have before we go into jobs or we take the position or we do whatever we need to do in life. She says we need to go in with that kind of mindset. She said that we need to go in saying that we deserve it. And I love Viola for this because Viola always has something positive and strong to say. You know, she really has that power. And I, I, I just, I can't get over her. Like, I feel like I want her to be my friend too. Because <laughs> you know, Viola is, Viola Davis is the lady of the moment. She's the one who's changing it up. And she's the one that's saying everything. And that you need to know to change your life. I just love her. I just love her. I just wanted to say that because she really is an inspiration. And I got that post. I wanted to at least mention them. I got that post from Blaze Group. It's, a, it's like a group that they're all about women of color. It's, it's like a good thing. It's called BlazeGroupLLC.com. 
I felt like this article went hand in hand with the quote that Viola Davis spoke about earlier and about the mindset and what we deserve. I got this article from Unilad and it's called Millennials are saying people should start to act their wage at work. And I felt like this article hit a lot of people that are working. It doesn't matter what title you are or what your position is. We seem to think that, you know, like they say, life is too short. A lot of times we work, 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 and we take it into our time for ourselves. And we forget that they're two different things and we should separate them. So this is why this article is very important for everybody, including myself, to, uh, to um, hear. And it's called Millennials are saying people should start to act their wage at work. And it was written by Tom Fenton. It says millennial workers are being urged to act their wage in a new viral TikTok, which begins with setting boundaries in the workplace. According to content creator Sari Soto, who goes by Sari's Threads on TikTok, no affiliation. I just thought this post was absolutely genius. Completing tasks outside of office hours and being available while on vacation should be politely declined by staff who are working minimum wage jobs. In a series of non-rival TikTok videos, she introduces the audience to boss Susan and employee Veronica. With the caption on one of the videos reading POV, Veronica acting her wage, we see a series of interactions between the two characters during a normal work day. Now, what does that mean, acting your wage? You mean you make minimum wage, you should be acting the co- accordingly? I'm not going to lie. I, I've actually seen people in action. Like, I, I notice when an employee feels that they're going to be underused or they feel like they're, you know, there's no gratitude towards their work or whatever it is, I notice, and I notice I'm talking about people with high positions, I've noticed them just doing the minimum. I, I've, I've seen it in action so yeah this is really a true thing that goes on and i don't blame them sometimes you know sometimes it's just too much and you know and and they ask for so much and then at the end of the day if you don't get a thank you or an acknowledgement that could really set somebody back and they say okay fine i'll make all the money that you pay me but i'm gonna make i'm gonna do the minimum the minimum because it's just being um you're being ungrateful and sometimes people will do the minimum and, and they'll get paid really good money. And then you have the minimum wage people busting their behinds and not getting paid as much. And it's not fair. It really isn't fair. So in this TikTok post, it was great to see somebody acting it out. In one instance, Veronica is asked to complete some work at home after her shift is over. And this is what the employee says. Respectfully, Susan, I'd rather spend time with my family, she replies. Then she declines a 6.30 Zoom meeting stating it's outside of her working hours. With her original video attracting more than 2.2 million likes, it certainly found its intended audience on the platform. Yeah, this is genius. This is genius. People are fed up. They're fed up of being, you know, um, undervalued. They're fed up of being underpaid. They're fed up of being disrespected in the, in the workforce. People are really getting fed up. It's just, they're getting to the point, especially women. 
You know, women, which, you know, I'm a woman and I know about busting my ass. I know about working hard. I know about all of that. And because I'm that kind of person, sometimes you're like, damn, I'm doing all this and it's just not enough. It's not enough. So Soto said, people just really feel seen. They feel heard. They feel like someone's standing up for them. I can tell you how many messages I receive of people being like, okay, I know your content is funny and provides this comedic relief, but I'm telling you, Although it's exaggerated, I've been through those exact same scenarios. So yeah, everybody's feeling it. Everybody is being part of this. I guess you can call it vibe that you were all feeling the same. And she's just putting it out there. And she got a lot of opinions, a lot of you know people relating to her TikTok. And it's, it's becoming a, a phenomenon. You know, I, I really think that it's absolutely amazing that she you know she can put this out there this is what i'm saying there's a lot of talented people out there and they she added if a company is paying you let's say minimum wage you're gonna put in minimum effort if you're acting your wage that means that the amount of labor that you're putting in reflects the amount that you're getting paid so you're not going to go above and beyond and do the job of two to three people and do all this extra work if you're really not even making a livable wage Soto also spoke about the new trend of quiet quitting, where employees only complete the work they are paid to do and no more. It just simply means make sure that you go to work and you set those boundaries when you feel burnt out, she said. I can relate. Soto's videos come at a time of great upheaval in the workplace. It's true. COVID, you know, people are starting to see all the changes because of COVID. And, you know, they're trying to normalize remote working and employees are completing tasks in their own time. Oh, they're calling this the great resignation in the U.S., which referred to millions of low-wage employees leaving their roles due to the demands placed on them. Will also potentially help readdress the employee-employer imbalance. Meanwhile, in the UK, 30 companies are currently partaking in the four-day work week trial. Yes. Commencing at the beginning of this year, it could be the first step towards normalizing a, normalizing a four-day work week for nearly all UK office workers, providing productivity doesn't suffer. So this was amazing. This was an amazing uh, article. This was an amazing TikTok. I give um, congrats. To Sarah, um, I think that she really uh, hit the point there, and yes, love it, love it when love it when something can relate to the world. This is so important, and I got this online. I wish I could um, uh, mention the person that um, posted it, but I actually kind of lost that information. Actually, it was someone else that reposted it and I didn't really get, they didn't really post the information from the person that did post it. Okay, so I just want to tell you guys, when you're getting into a cab, an Uber, a Lyft, this is like a car abduction life-saving hack. Okay, when you get in, and I told this to my daughter and my nieces and everything, when you get in, look at the door and make sure that the latch is up because if it's down, that means that it's locked. It's on childproof. So you have to make sure that the, the, on the side of the door, there's a childproof latch that usually I used to put on when my daughter was little because she was trying to open the door. Um, that latch, make sure that that latch is up because if it's down, that means you're trapped. And if you don't know, if you forget, try to check it before you get in because you can become a prisoner in that car if that latch is down. You know what I mean? Because they lock the doors in the front 
And then you're going to have to find another way how to get out of that. So just to protect yourselves, and this is so important. I don't want anybody, I mean, that's listening to get any, you know, tell your family members, tell your friends about this. You know, you go in, make sure if you're taking an Uber or Lyft, or it doesn't have to be that, any taxi or, you know, anybody's car. Actually, if you're getting somebody's car and you don't want to be stuck in there, like I'm claustrophobic. I always check to make sure that I don't get stuck in somebody's back seat because I'm always the driver, but then... You know, when you're in the back, you're like, oh, my God, make sure this is off because I will get crazy, like, you know, claustrophobia. But um, just make sure when you're getting into a stranger's car or anybody's car, make sure, pay attention to that. Pay attention to that. And if you're in the car and, and you know, and um, you're feeling uncomfortable, you know, at least you can fly out of that car, do whatever you can. But I just want to, God bless everyone that's listening, actually. And, you know, God bless everyone that goes through that. But I'm just saying, pay attention. Pay attention, please, 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 please pay attention to that. That is so important. And try your best not to take cabs. I mean, learn how to drive, get a car, drive yourself. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm not really over the cabs and all these stories that are going on. It's like getting ridiculous. You know, just have your family member or anybody that you know come pick you up. I mean, that's the best way, if any, anything, you know. Oh, my God. I just learned the other day. I didn't even know this, but did you guys know that mussels are a superfood? Now, okay, forgive me for knowing this late in time, but yeah, but I don't really like mussels. I was like, oh my God, I don't like mussels, but I just wanted to tell everybody about it. Um, you know, I don't eat mussels, but the other day in my nutrition class, a classmate spoke about how much she loves mussels and how her health has improved as a result of eating them. So, you know me, I had to comment, because I always comment, you know, I always say, oh my God, that's beautiful, tell me about it. You know, I was asking her information about it. The nutritionist was like, okay guys, uh, this is it's turning into a muscle conversation, but it did, because everybody was like chiming in, oh my God, muscles, oh tell me about it, oh my God, it was like really funny. The nutrition teacher kind of didn't know much about the muscles, it was like he was learning something new himself. And I was like, oh, you don't know anything about muscles? <laughs> and he's like, no, because I think nutritionists today basically stick to the basics that we're already seeing, you know, oatmeal and all this other stuff. And they, you know, they don't go much about the unknown stuff. They try to stick to the basics because it's easy to find and it's easier for us to maintain. So I can understand where he was coming from. But I, I just had to research it a little bit. It takes about five to seven minutes to cook mussels I was looking at and it dep it's depending on the heat you know um, how much liquid you use and the amount of mussels when the steam is pouring out from under the lid of the pot for 15 seconds they're done okay that's what it says now according to psychology.com muscle up your brain this article was by Drew Ramsey an MD and it says you have sharper memory better moods bigger brain bring on B valves, they were calling it. So yeah, like along with other bivalves, mussels are a perfect brain food because they're packed with DHA and vitamin B12, two key nutrients that are vital to protecting your brain health and preserving your memory as you age, along with the, some rare trace minerals on which a healthy, happy brain depends. So a lot of times people are complaining like, oh my God, but isn't that like, aren't they like nasty? <laughs> Because they're so like chewy and all that. That's me. That's, that's, 
that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but honestly, probably saying I could put it in my shake, just make a shake with it, put a lot of strawberries, all kinds of stuff. And you know, every three ounce servings of mussels contains 430 milligrams of DHA, which is equivalent to three to five typical drugstore fish oil pills. DHA is the only omega-3 that is transported into the brain, where it serves as a building block of the neurons responsible for all your thoughts and feelings. People with high levels of DHA in their blood have been found to have slow rate of brain shrinkage as they age, while Alzheimer's sufferers often have low levels of DHA in their blood. You know, my dad, I, I have a memory of muscles. My dad took me to Pony Island and he stopped by one of the, you know, they have like the little booths of the, of the restaurants and you can get a hot dog and you get cotton candy and he used to buy mussels. I remember that. And one time he gave me one, he would put like pepper in it, like hot pepper, and he would just swallow it. So one time he gave it to me and I think that's the only time I've tried mussels. Yes, that's the only time and the last time I've tried mussels. And I must have been like six years old. So for my memory to even think about it, I was like, ugh, I didn't like it. But like I said, I'm thinking about other ways. I can put this into my diet or maybe like put it in a shake or something. I'm really looking into this. I'm not lying. I, I, when the lady spoke about it, she spoke about it with passion. And, and she said that her health has increased and she's feeling fabulous and all that stuff. I was like, wait a minute, I want to I wanna be part of that. You know, anything positive, I want to be part of. And it also says here, it's considered one of Mother Nature's multivitamins. They're a great source of a wide variety of other brain beneficial trace nutrients like selenium, vitamin B2, magnesium, hemp iron, zinc, and iodine. It sounds good, right? And they're easy to prepare. Um, they're sold alive, so they're always eaten fresh. Aww. Rinse and scrub them. Toss them in a pot with a few cups of water, some herbs, garlic, and a little white wine. Cover steam or check out my recipe. Here's a recipe. <laughs> Toss out any that don't open. Serve them with melted butter and garlic, and you'll do your taste buds and your brain a favor. And I got to be honest with you. It sounds really, really good. The only thing is that every, um, too much of anything, I have to assume too much of anything is not good. You know, you can have it, but not, I mean, not like... Like, um, you know, some people get addicted to things. And I think the lady was, she said she eats a lot of it. So I'm like, I don't know if that's good. I mean, I would look it up if I were you guys. But um, it's a happy brain food and it's a superfood. So definitely put that into your diet because, you know, especially if you're young, like, you know, you want to keep eating these things. So like that, you can uh, have a great brain memory, you know. I thought it was great. I just wanted to mention that. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great thing to mention because... Well, everyone, this is the conclusion of my show. Thank you for tuning in. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And DM me on my Chit Chat with E so we can discuss any future conversations that you would like me to talk about. And um, thanks again. Don't forget to go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other platforms to share your ratings and your comments. Thanks. Until next time. Ciao.